1: of football this is the pro football blitz on V10, the sports betting network
3: welcome back in everybody the final hour hour number four of the pro football blitz brady cannon and mike pritchard with you live from the circa resort and casino in downtown las vegas nevada on this super wild card weekend and a pretty wild game indeed in Cincinnati between the Bengals and the Ravens. Currently the Bengals up on Baltimore 24 to 17. There are three and a half minutes left in the ball game, and the Baltimore defense has held stiff once again. Tyler Huntley and company on the last drive were forced to punt. Uh, Cincinnati not able to get anything going on offense. Again, playing very conservatively. Uh, they are forced into a punt situation here. They will give the ball back to the Ravens with roughly three and a half minutes left to go. The Ravens do have all three of their timeouts trailing by seven points. Uh, the spread and the total have been taken down as far as the live wagering market. But the money line still up. And the Bengals were last listed as a minus 900 favorite on the money line to win this ballgame, Mike.
2: Yeah, I think Baltimore did burn one because we oh were, they did yeah, yeah we were on the last series yep okay uh, if, if uh, Burrow went out of bounds or not but uh, I think the Ravens did burn one so they got two timeouts left okay uh, but we did have a false start um, or illegal procedure penalty here on the Bengals says that's going to back them up field position uh, field positions everything uh, right
3: and they're gonna they should get pretty decent field yeah. position this punter's at his own five yard line when he lets this thing go looks like he got into it pretty well. Uh, flag on the play again, likely a block in the back and uh, a decent return to, I want to say about the 45-yard line of Baltimore, but this may back them up. Uh, but still, they're going to start pretty well, probably somewhere in, in their own 35-yard line neighborhood. Yeah, that flag
2: came from, uh, you know, a side judge too. Right. So, did the guy run out of bounds and not
3: come? They're back showing that bounds? now. Yeah, he might have.
2: Um, and if he did that, then that's the flag uh, on Cincinnati. Uh, right. And that would move Baltimore up even further. Exactly. Exactly. And he does so, step out right there. Yeah, you can't run out, out, out of twice. on your own. That's a flag. And that flag came out early enough to where that suggested that that could be the case. So that's going to go against
3: uh, the Bengals there uh, and give the Ravens uh, even better field position. And in the live market, the, uh, the market acts accordingly here with that penalty. What we think will be on the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, the Bengals now down to minus 650 on the live money line. Um, we were talking about the uh, the Giants and the Vikings a little bit in the last segment. Let's get down into the. The play-by-play here, if you will. Minnesota got the ball first, and they went on a 12-play, six-and-a-half-minute drive that ended with Kirk Cousins sneaking it for a touchdown. Seven-nothing Vikings with eight-and-a-half minutes left in the first quarter. Then the Giants come back the other way, five minutes left in the quarter. Saquon to the house from 28 yards out. Saquon Barkley for the touchdown tie ball game at seven apiece. New York got a stop on defense. Daniel Jones then engineers a four-play, two-minute drive, and he finds Isaiah Hodgins. In the end zone from 14 yards out, 14-7 to G-men with just over a minute still left in the first quarter. Then the Giants defense forces another punt. Daniel Jones back on offense. And with 10 minutes still left in the second quarter, you and I were talking about this, Mike. He was already over his rushing uh, rushing prop at that point. Uh, Around 39-and-a-half, 40-and-a-half was the under or over total for Daniel Jones rushing yards. He was at 52 on the ground at that point with six carries. Uh, he wasn't done just yet, but it ended in a field goal. Graham Gano completes a 21-play, nearly 11-minute drive with a 25-yard field goal, and it was 17-7 Giants. Jones was now at nine carries for 72 yards rushing, three minutes left in the first half. With 45 seconds left in the half, Kirk Cousin hit K.J. Osborne for a nine-yard touchdown pass, and we would go to halftime with New York out in front, 17-14. Giants got the ball to begin the second half. Six-play drive ends in a Daniel Jones to Daniel Bellinger touchdown pass from nine yards out, 24-14 to 14 New York. But Minnesota right back the other way. Not a whole lot of defense going on in this game. Cousins to Irv Smith from three yards out, 24-21, halfway through the third quarter. Viking defense finally got a stop. The offense turned that into a field goal. Tie game, 24-all, 12 and a half minutes left in regulation. And at this point, the live market had this game at 7-1, that it would go into overtime. On to the fourth quarter. New York moves the ball down the field once again with under eight minutes left in regulation. Saquon Barkley squeaks in from two yards out, and it was 31-24 to 24 Giants. Then their defense forces a three and out. Giants on offense again, six minutes to go. Giants are forced to go for it on fourth and one in their own territory. With three and a half minutes remaining, Jones sneaks it, gets the first down. New set of downs on their own 46-yard line, three minutes and 15 seconds left on the clock, Minnesota uses all its timeouts. They force a Giants punt. Vikings need a touchdown to tie with the ball on their own 12-yard line and two and a half minutes left. They end up with a fourth and eight in their own territory. Cousins throws well short of the sticks, a checkdown to TJ Hawkinson for a gain of three yards when he needed eight. Ball game over. Giants take a knee, get the win outright as an underdog. 31-24, your final. Game goes over the total and New York. We'll take on the Philadelphia Eagles next week. Yeah,
2: great job, New York. How similar did this game look to the other game? Yeah. these two teams.
3: Very, right? very. And right. I thought New York probably should have won the last one. They made mistakes. They did, and, and they turned the ball over in that right. one. Not right. today. Not today. They didn't turn it over. They didn't make mistakes. Um,
2: uh, so, again, it's the coaching, right? It's the awareness of a team that's getting better, and the Giants are getting better still, even in the playoffs, getting better. Uh, And that's something to look forward to seeing uh, the next week or the next game uh, for the Giants and this football team. So uh, the Vikings, I I guess it was a similar game again, but were they going to be able to make plays? You know, Kirk Cousins, uh, for whoever he
3: is at quarterback, I don't know how you explain
2: that last decision.
3: Yeah, you know, it really looked to me like he didn't know it was fourth down. Which is... Mind-boggling, Inexcusable.
2: Right? Yeah, you can excuse it. Um, and he's guaranteed. He got guaranteed a lot of money. Oh, yeah. Um, now, is he the guy holding this team back? I, I think it's more defensively oriented. Yeah, and, sure. Uh, you know, you go away from Zim, Coach Zimmer. Uh, you have Donatel. I believe this is his first time as a defense coordinator, too, by the way. I think it is, yes. Uh, and, but O'Connell has upgraded the situation with, with the offense uh, and for the Vikings. Uh, running the football... Uh, interesting to me, they were able to do that at times uh, in the game to help out Cousins, uh, but they could not keep the Giants off the field. The Giants were just executing. Uh, so it goes back to that Vikings defense or lack thereof, and I don't know how um, any better could look at the Vikings in this matchup and, uh, and, and feel comfortable about that situation. I mean, I, it was the Giants or no play at all in this game uh, not only the sixth seed for the Giants, but just the way the Giants have been playing, the only question mark I had was by sitting out your players, did you kill any momentum that you might have had? huh. But
3: obviously that was not the case. It didn't look like it. Nope. No, they, they played excellent. Maybe the best game they've played all season, mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, and I think you could also argue the best game of the year uh, for Daniel Jones. Um, I believe he had nearly 80 yards rushing on the day. Uh, And you and I talked about it on Saturday on the pro football blitz um, that in order to keep up with this Minnesota offense, the giants were going to have to probably go to Daniel Jones as another option. We talked about the receivers, Bellinger, Hodgkins, uh, Darius Slayton, uh, even Kenny Galladay was Mm -hmm. in there for a few plays. Uh, Richie James has come on late in the season as a nice target for Daniel Jones. Uh, Saquon obviously in the backfield, but, we felt they needed that extra dimension, and that was going to be using Daniel Jones and his legs. We knew of Dayball's ability to work with a quarterback like that because of his time with Josh Allen. And, you know, our our thinking came true. He did exactly that, and he used Daniel Jones's legs to the tune of almost 80 yards rushing. And I thought that was a huge difference maker in the game. Minnesota, as bad as their defense was defending the pass and what have you, right. I thought they— really did not do a good job at taking care of Daniel Jones. Right, right. And they
2: scored, what was it, 31 points in, in this game, Brady. Uh, the last time they scored 30, over 30 points was against the Colts uh, in week two. Wow. Uh, they put up 38 points uh, against the Colts, which was an indicator of how bad the Colts were going to be this year. I right. Think. Uh, and that's against that defense, right? But, uh, no, uh, you're right. I, I think the, uh, the Giants are getting better. I think Daniel Jones – has a whole new world or, or sees football differently than he did with Joe Judge and that coaching staff and uh, my goodness right uh, that, that is refreshing I think to any player that is just looking for that type of freedom or that type of guidance and uh, he clearly has it and he's respond uh, in a significant way so uh, the Giants are for real if anybody was doubting that um, that situation and uh, you know, whether, whether or not they're going to make a run in the playoffs. I mean, who knows? The NFC is so wide open, top heavy uh, and, and wide open.
3: Yeah. Speaking of the NFC, the Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles will meet in the divisional round next week. And right now, the number at DraftKings is the Eagles favored by seven and a half. My look ahead number came to the Eagles by nine. Uh, no real opinion for me just yet. We'll see what develops as the week goes on, where I land on that game, if I play it at all. Uh, we do have a uh, development here in the Ravens and Bengals game, a an illegal hands to the face by the Cincinnati defender. Uh, a penalty there on Cincinnati keeps the drive alive for the Ravens. Uh, they were going to be facing a third down here, I believe, Tyler Huntley to Demarcus Robinson. Uh, but they'll tack on some extra yardage here, and the Ravens are knocking on the door. They're at roughly the 25-yard line now. Of the Cincinnati Bengals, one minute and 17 seconds left on the clock. The Ravens still have two timeouts and not the 25-yard line. Let's call it the 27 or so. Tyler Huntley throws it over the middle, this one, to J.K. Dobbins, and he's got another first down. Uh, now, you know, not so much the running game, Mike, but uh, Baltimore getting it done through the air here on this drive. Well, you're facing
2: a team in the Bengals that are playing, you know, like a softer coverage.
3: Then don't this- break.
2: Yeah, like, which is kind of crazy in this situation. Uh, but if you're Harbaugh, what are you thinking? Are you going to go for two? Yeah, that's interesting. Wow. Are you yeah, going <laughs> to go wow. <laughs> you know, tie it up, go to overtime?
3: Yeah. You know, Harbaugh, I mean, he we saw him do that last year, right? Mm-hmm. Going for two in a couple of games that he lost at the bitter end. Uh, well, let's see. They've got to get in the end zone first. First and 10 from about the 17-yard line. And Huntley's throwing that one. Almost picked up. Uh, it was tipped. He had his man, uh, but second and 10 coming up, 29 seconds left in regulation. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start
1: listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elaje Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from the Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. This is the Pro Football Blitz on VZU, the sports betting network.
3: Welcome back. This segment of the Pro Football Blitz is presented by Zen Nicotine Pouches, the surprisingly simple way to enjoy nicotine. Look, most nicotine products are either too complicated or don't use, or don't provide the satisfaction you're looking for, but Zen Nicotine Pouches might surprise you. Zen is made with 6 simple ingredients and is completely tobacco leaf free, plus it offers up to 1 hour of nicotine satisfaction per pouch. Buy Zinn online or find a store near you at Zinn.com. That's Z-Y-N.com today. Well, the Ravens are down to their final eight seconds here, and it is 4th and 20. Uh, they are in Baltimore, or excuse me, they are in Cincinnati territory. They did suffer a holding penalty that knocked them back at 10 yards further uh, but still, just outside the red zone, Tyler Huntley and company facing 4th and 20, and the season is on the line right here, Mike.
2: Yeah, it is. I mean, I'd be shocked if the Bengals get in the face of uh, the receivers. Maybe you try to get in the way, but you don't want to try to jam them at the line of scrimmage to get that cheap first down with right. hands to the face right. or holding. Yeah, uh, Maybe you play like a catch technique uh, and just try to avoid any type of contact. Even if they catch the ball in front of you, Uh, prevent the first down, right? It's 20 yards. So uh, you got to defend the middle of the field. You got to defend outside the numbers deep, Uh, but you got to avoid a penalty. If you're Cincinnati, I think if you're Baltimore, is there somebody that you can have a double move with? Uh, Is there somebody like an Andrews in the middle of the field where you can place the football uh, too, and he can make a play beyond 20 yards, but uh, that's inside a 10-yard line. Uh, and, again, you've got to look for contact if you're Andrews, a big guy in the middle of the field.
3: Roughly the 27-yard line of Cincinnati, uh, Huntley back to pass, and they have blown the whistle, the play dead. Another time out here oh. for Cincinnati. That was interesting. Zach Taylor, you want to talk about micromanaging.
2: Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. it is beyond belief. You can't trust your players and your coaches. You have to have the perfect situation yeah. out there, right? And Oh, man, that's where the preparation comes into play during, during the week.
3: Sure. Yeah. Oh. I mean, that they called two timeouts mm-hmm. in the last 30 seconds, right? Yeah. I just, I, I think you can over
2: coach a football game. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, you got to trust the athletes out there. You got to trust your game plan. You got to trust what you've been doing. Uh, but yeah, that's that's annoying. <laughs> that's
3: well, annoying. and I think that's what we've kind of said about Zach Taylor yeah. this whole season. Um I, I think he's a good coach. I wouldn't call him yet a great coach mm-hmm. because there's always little moments like this. He 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 always seems to have one or two moments in a game where you just wonder what he's thinking. Yeah, yeah. Ball lofted oh. up in the air. Oh my <laughs>
2: goodness. Wow. <laughs>
3: Huntley lobs a Hail Mary up into the end zone as time expires. (laughs) Bounced off a couple of guys and nearly into the hands of Sammy Watkins for a touchdown, but it was not to be. And the Cincinnati Bengals survived Mm. 24-17. The Ravens get the cash. Now, it depends on when you played this number. It opened up at 6.5 in favor of Cincinnati, so they would cover that. But basically... The rest of the week, you'd be a winner with Baltimore taking the points. It closed eight, uh, got as high as 10. So, for the most part, uh, Baltimore is a winner here against the number. The game does go over the total, over the closing total of 40, just barely landing on 41.
2: Yeah, able to keep the teaser life alive here yep. with that situation. And that's why I had the teaser with the Bengals. Um, I just couldn't lay it uh, six and a half or whatever. But, but it jumped everywhere, right? The Lamar Jackson situation. But uh, the teaser gets home because of uh, uh, a mistake by the Ravens, you know, trying to dive over the top with the yeah. football exposed as opposed to just follow the surge. You know, you're going to get pushed
3: from behind anyway. It, it could have been the the ball game. It could have been the you ball know, game. You know, that, yeah, I mean, if they, if they get a touchdown there, th- that really could have been the difference between winning and losing this mm-hmm, game. Totally.
2: And then you look at the last play of the game. If, if you're Cincinnati, you just knocked the ball down. I think – Did it go into his hands?
3: Was that Sammy? It, it it wasn't Watkins. I thought it was Watkins. They, oh, yeah, it, it looked like it was just uh, – oh, I can't see the name on his jersey there. It was one of the uh, more backup receivers mm-hmm. anyway. Mark Andrews was down there. It, it wasn't Watkins. It was number three. Just off his fingertips. Uh, it's like so. Prince or Proust or something. Yeah, just uh, out of his outstretched hands there, <laughs> not quite able to haul it in. But, yeah. boy, that would have been a dramatic finish. That would have been. Um, but, you know, to play of
2: the game, obviously – and that's the type of game – it. Typically, you know, you see in the AFC North those one possession games or a handful of plays that decide it. Uh, and for the bulk of Super Wild Card weekend, a handful of plays decided the game, you know, and outside of the 49ers, really. You right. Know, and, right. Um, and I don't know if we should expect that moving forward as the competition, I think, gets tighter or gets better uh, because we're beyond the wild card situation. Got one more to go tomorrow night uh, on Monday Night Football where anything, everything can happen. But then as we get to divisional uh, situations, I, I mean, I, I think the, I think it'll tighten up, right? Uh, uh, the looseness will return. You're not going to be as tight as players first time in the playoffs and in, in those kind of situations. We had a number uh, of that uh, this weekend. So the experience of the playoffs and, and then certainly the pressure uh, of moving on to the uh, conference championship round, I mean, that's going to be incredible, I think, next week.
3: Oh, yeah. You know, I think the division round is my favorite round. Yeah. Uh, because we got a ri- we got rid of uh, some of the riffraff this week. <laughs> yes. Uh, the Miami Dolphins <laughs> and the Seattle Seahawks. And, and, you know, all kidding aside, Miami put up a heck of an effort mm-hmm. today. Uh, <clears throat> but now, you know, that we have gotten uh, into the second round, so to speak, uh, I-, I think you've got the best teams in the NFL going head to head now. I mean, just look at the matchup, the uh you know, defending Super Bowl loser, if you will, in the Bengals, uh, taking on the Super Bowl favorite in the Buffalo Bills. Uh, A game that was supposed to happen a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. is now uh, has come to fruition. It will happen in the divisional round. That one will be in Orchard Park. Uh, Of course, the Monday night game was uh, supposed to take place in Cincinnati, but Buffalo will get to host this one. And, uh, like I was saying earlier in the program, we were going through some of my look ahead lines. This line is not currently up yet, obviously, the result uh just come through just coming through with Cincinnati winning this ball game. It means that they will take on the buffalo bills uh so the line not out yet, but my look ahead number came to bills minus five and a half.
2: yeah, I mean, they should be favorite um you know I think. The emotion of DeMar, too, is probably waned a little bit. Um, and, and so Buffalo, this is about this football team now and, and certainly McDermott and what he wants them to be and, and turn into in the playoffs. Uh, the ability to get pressure, I think, is going to return for Buffalo because of the offensive line situation for Cincinnati. And remember, I think Buffalo's defense, as, as well as the Ravens' defense, has played down the stretch I think from a complete nature and what the Buffalo Bills wants to do defensively, I think it's a more complete defense. Uh, and now that's going, on, going up against a compromise situation with the Bengals up front uh, with the offensive line. Uh, we'll see about the injuries, obviously, as, as the week develops. But um, Buffalo needs to correct some things offensively. I, I think they need to play true to their identity, which includes using six eligibles and, and not be too cautious with Josh Allen. Um, he has to be involved in a game plan from a running standpoint uh, in order for Buffalo to move on to that conference championship.
3: I think that's interesting that you uh, feel that the Baltimore defense is not quite as complete as Buffalo's. And I, and I see what you mean there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyrie Elam, Tradavius White. I mean, that secondary is pretty tough to beat. But, you know, you, you've got Peters and Humphreys. Uh, in, in the Ravens secondary, uh, they had been a little bit uh, banged up as of late, but uh, from what we could tell tonight, they were, you know, nobody's 100%, but they, they appeared to be uh, in great health and, and played a nice game against this great trio of receivers for the Cincinnati Bengals. The pass rush was there all night. Yeah. Uh, Patrick Queen and Roquan Smith, I mean, I, I think, that, and, and what they've done, you know, in, in the last eight, nine, ten weeks of the season, the Ravens defense is has really been excellent. Uh, But I think, you know, we talked about the secondary. Mm -hmm. I I think the the secondary of the Buffalo Bills is going to help them quite a bit uh, going up against this Bengals offense.
2: Yeah, because, you know, the Bengals, they want to be multiple. And and I know the pass rush caused problems for um, Joe Burrow. uh, But still, they were making plays, I I think, um, when they needed to, you know, and uh, whether... Higgins catches the ball and not a good play by Peters earlier on, an answer for Jamar Chase. You know, with Buffalo, uh, they have the the ability to move Tredavious White around, and he could actually shadow uh, Jamar Chase. Like, he can play the left side or the right side, right? And uh, So that's a matchup that might be neutralized. I mean, White is is a phenomenal uh, secondary player right there. You know, in the linebacking situations, uh, whether you're trying to throw the ball to Hurst or uh, if you're trying to throw the ball to a running back. I mean, Tremaine Edmonds is a, is a great cover linebacker. So is Milano with his speed. Uh, it depends on what Buffalo wants to do in terms of mixing it up and trying to attack that line of scrimmage. But from a matchup standpoint, uh, I think Buffalo is built
3: uh, for teams like Cincinnati. I think it helps them quite a bit that, uh, of course, on that Monday night, they were supposed to be at Cincinnati. I think it's a big deal that they're in Buffalo. That crowd is going to be fired up once again as they were earlier today in their 34-31 win over the Miami Dolphins. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Stick around.
1: This is the Pro Football Blitz on v the sports betting network.
3: Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com to check the current betting splits data. You want to know where the money and the bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every 10 minutes so you can see the changes in all the action. Find out where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action but future events as well. Betting splits are another way that vcin is here to make you a smarter better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Com. Welcome back to the Pro Football Blitz. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you. About another 30 minutes from now, you can tune in to Greg Peterson for the Greg Peterson Experience, 9 p.m. on the West Coast, 12 a.m. Eastern time. He'll take you through for the next three hours, wrap up your Sunday and into your Monday and get you into your handicap as the divisional round begins in the NFL uh, Mike, the Cincinnati Bengals, they advanced after beating the Baltimore Ravens 24-17 in Cincinnati tonight. The Ravens get the cash uh, against the closing number, not the opening number, which was six and a half. But for the most part, the Ravens do cover just about all numbers in this contest. The game sneaks over the total. The, to- uh, the closing total was 40 And, of course, they finish with 41 points. The Baltimore Ravens have been eliminated, uh, and the Cincinnati Bengals will take on the Buffalo Bills in Orchard Park next Saturday. You and I were discussing what we thought the line might be. I said my look-ahead number came to 5.5, but my actual guess was probably 3.5 or 4. And what we have here currently at BetMGM, nothing up at Circa just yet, but at BetMGM, they have posted Buffalo Bills minus 3.5.
2: Yeah, no, this game is going to be interesting, Brady. I mean, just watching uh, this game against the Ravens, obviously it's going to be a different matchup. But I wonder where the Bengals are going to go when they don't have a running game, right? Yeah, and it was stopped tonight. Once again, we saw that stopped. And they only had eight drives. Like, if Baltimore scores as opposed to the fumble, Yeah. Baltimore, I believe, goes on and wins this game.
3: I, You know, I kind of felt that way all along. Yeah. Even heading into tonight, I said, I just have a weird feeling that Baltimore's going to surprise everybody and win. Yeah. So many people were just, you know, and, and not that your teaser was a, a you know, a dumb play or anything like that. It just seemed like every everybody was so convinced that, that Cincinnati was going to win this game. And however yeah. they were taking that thought to the window, I kind of had a feeling it was going to go the other way.
2: Well, I haven't. Graduated to the contrarian side,
3: yet, I guess. so I mean. Well, no, I mean, you, <laughs> I, 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 we were on the air. I just, yeah. That's a very good play. Yeah. Why wouldn't you do something like that? Especially, yeah. I mean, to, it, it, you're you're through the key numbers. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a very smart play. Yeah. um I, mean, I think the more public play was the the money line parlay. Right. With right. the with the 49ers and the uh and the Cincinnati Bengals and the Buffalo Bills and. You know, the Bills and the Bengals nearly didn't get there.
2: No, no. I mean, yeah, and and there's something to be said about the the whole contrarian thing and and the numbers in the public. But um, I was just looking at uh, a lot of things that I have enjoyed betting, uh, and so it's been helpful and uh, so far so good. Uh, But, you know, the matchup looking looking ahead again, I mean, now we are going to have limited possessions, though. It's the playoffs, right? And I think when you look at the Bengals and what, can, what else can they get to? I mean, they struggled against the Ravens because they couldn't get to a lot of, of, of other things. And they couldn't really use their matchups to their advantages, too. I mean, I think the, uh, the Ravens did a great job uh, against the Bengals. And with, without that uh, defensive touchdown, I think the Bengals lose this game. So moving forward against Buffalo, what are they going to get to? What else can they get to? Uh, I think because Buffalo can run it and throw it offensively, absolutely. And then defensively, the matchups that they have uh, could give problems to the Bengals. And I know people are going to go back to that game on Monday night and how the Bengals started. Mm-hmm. Uh, and certainly they started off like a you know gangbusters and got out to a, a nice lead there before uh, the incident happened. Um, but there's still a lot of football left, um, and you're not going to see maybe maybe we could, but I don't think we're going to see 12. Even 11 possessions. I, I think it's going to be right around 10, maybe nine, even eight possessions in a game uh, like this. So with a with a fewer amount of opportunities, play selection and drives, um, you wonder how the Bengals are going to manufacture enough points. I mean, Buffalo, uh, I think, can score 30, uh, and they feel comfortable that way offensively. But again, they have to get back to their true identity in order for that to happen against Cincinnati.
3: You know, it's interesting that we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals and how are they going to be able to generate offense. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> well, the running game, I know, right? Isn't that crazy?
3: Yeah. Um, it, and a couple things I think going forward uh, in favor or or maybe advantage Buffalo Bills, they just got a real nice blueprint on how to defend this team mm-hmm. from John Harbaugh and the Baltimore Ravens and their their defense uh, uh, once again did an outstanding job and it wasn't even their defense that gave up the the final touchdown. Their defense really gave up 17 points tonight. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, one one of those was set up by a Tyler Huntley turnover as well. So, you know, their, their defense was once again outstanding, and Buffalo's got some very good tape to look at this week. I think that's the worst game I've seen Cincinnati play, even though they won. It feels like since the first couple of weeks of the season, when they were still, you know, trying to figure out the new pieces on the offensive line, they lost a couple games Mm -hmm. through this winning streak where I think it was eight or nine in a row that they covered the spread, not only one, but also covered. Um, That's the worst one I've seen during that stretch. Yeah. Same here. I agree with that. Um,
2: And again, you had Tyler Huntley, you had a an offense that is creative running the football, but they're not prolific throwing it. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they seldom are great with six eligibles. And they had one of four opportunities in the red zone against the Cincinnati Bengals defense tonight. Uh, If that's Josh Allen and Buffalo, with what they can do with six eligibles, if they get four opportunities uh, in the red zone, I mean, I I think that's favorable for Buffalo. Uh, Whereas Cincinnati, they had two opportunities in the red zone against the... the Baltimore Ravens defense, limited because of the possessions amount. They had eight possessions, and then they had the defensive score. So uh, that's against that competition. I know the game's going to be different again moving forward, but without a running game, because I think Cincinnati really got better and, and more efficient when they could add in that running game, whether it was P. Ryan or Mixon. But if they don't get that generated, I, I think they run out of options uh, and they're limited offensively.
3: Uh, Just at first glance here, it looks like roughly 155 yards rushing for the Baltimore Ravens tonight. Uh, And, you know, I think that's been something that has maybe not been mentioned enough throughout the season. Uh, This Cincinnati Bengals defense, you know, once you got past those first few weeks of the season when they struggled – uh, this was a huge part of their success this year. They were kind of an under-the-radar defense, and you're starting to hear it being mentioned a little bit more so now that you know they've gone on this winning streak and people are starting to notice this defense. But I tell you what, that, that was not a good effort for the defense tonight either. No, no, it wasn't. I mean... The six eligibles thing
2: is a problem, right? I mean, mm-hmm. when Huntley started to run the ball, we saw that if he didn't stumble, maybe he scores. And then he uh, does
3: basically the same play a few a few plays later, and and you know rattles off right. forty yards or whatever. Right. Right.
2: And that's going to be uh, frustrating. So, um, because you know Baltimore is going to be like, wow, we, we had so many chances in this game, and uh, a, uh, like the turf monster got us once, or or just fumbling the football at the goal line got us, you know, and um. Cincinnati, they're going to have to go back. And and we saw Zach Taylor kind of micromanaging, too, uh, from the sideline. And and I hate to see coaches get involved that way. Um, And McDermott, to a certain extent, gets involved that way, too. But uh, up there in Buffalo, uh, it could be a different situation. But uh, I would be concerned, and and I am concerned, even as as I see the number come out, uh, in terms of the Bills getting back to their identity offensively. Mm -hmm. They have to involve... Uh, Josh Allen as a runner. They he, they have to get to uh, six eligible situations to make it that much harder
3: on the defense for Cincinnati. I tell you what, uh, I'm starting to, and, and with your help, starting to talk myself into uh, looking at a play on Buffalo here. Um, it, I, I would guess, and, and I haven't added up all the numbers here, I haven't seen a number, I, I would bet that Baltimore outgained uh, Cincinnati tonight. If you look at Cincinnati, you had Jamar Chase with 84 receiving yards, and after that, it, it really drops off. Uh, Boyd had 25, Higgins had 37, Hayden Hurst had 45, uh, but the Ravens had good yardage uh, from their receivers, 73 from from Andrews, 49 from Robinson, 43 from J.K. Dobbins, 26 from Oliver. I, I mean, they had eight different guys catching passes mm-hmm. uh, and, and in the rushing yards. Um, so, so it is interesting. Uh, Cincinnati kind of, you know, just lay in a clunker here a little bit. And, and that's what they say about good teams, too. You can play poorly and still win uh, is a sign of a good team. Um, but, uh, you know, also, this is a stat that we read when we were previewing the game. Uh, f- the, the Cincinnati Bengals have played six games this season against teams that made the playoffs this year. In five of those six games, they were outgained. And... I don't, I don't know if they were outgained here again tonight, but it seems like it's awful close. That would be six out of seven uh, games against playoff teams that they've been outgained. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that's
2: something to file away or use this week as you go through whatever you need to go through for this game. Um, but intriguing matchup uh, and, and certainly uh, a little bit different now that this one's going to be up in Buffalo as well.
3: All right, one more segment to go. We will take another look at the Monday Nighter to wrap up Super Wild Card Weekend right here, on the Pro Football Blitz.
1: There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. On V-2, the Sports Betting Network.
3: With the start of the new year, Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook is your home for all the latest lines, odds, and boosts. Whether you're a football, hockey, or basketball fan, Bet Rivers has you covered. Join us every week for new promotions like our Tuesday Hockey First Goal Insurance, Sunday Football Parlay Insurance, and more. It's a whole new game. Got to be a whole new show here pretty quick. Greg Peterson in studio. He will take you for the next three hours as a part of the Greg Peterson experience. Brady Cannon and Mike Pritchard with you for one more segment. Want to thank you to our producer, Dan Miller, all the crew behind the glass between the South Point and Circa Resort in Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Also, thank you to Jared Dubin, our guest earlier in the program, covering some of the games coming up the Monday nighter and also reflecting back on some of the games that went down over this super wild card weekend. And Mike, while we have a few minutes here, let's talk about what is coming up. I want to get to one last preview of the Monday night game the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. But uh, we've got some games popping up on the schedule mm-hmm. now. Uh, some lines are starting to pop up, some scheduling spots are starting to pop up. Uh, The Eagles will host the Giants, and this will be Saturday night football. I'm showing 5.15 Pacific time, 8.15 p.m. Eastern time. The Eagles hosting the Giants, and they are currently favored by 7.5. That will happen on Saturday. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, earlier that day, it looks like um, Jacksonville will play Kansas City, um, showing 1.30 p.m. Pacific. Okay. Uh, So... The two by teams, obviously, the two number one seasons. Yep, that, are that on makes Saturday. sense. They're going to go on Saturday. Yep. And then Sunday, we get Buffalo,
3: Cincinnati, uh, and then the winner of Monday Night Football. Gotcha. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Buffalo and Cincinnati will go on Sunday. Uh, Buffalo, currently a three and a half point favorite in that game. Uh, no line out that I have seen yet for uh, Kansas City hosting okay. Jacksonville. Uh, my look ahead number came to four. I believe it was i've got to go find that again let me let me just look that up uh, mm-hmm. that That was kind of interesting and I was talking about how uh my numbers really all season long have been very low on the Kansas City chiefs, and that's benefited me because they they're not covering spreads right. You know my numbers have indicated that I should be betting against them and i and I certainly did a few times uh both times I believe that they played the Denver Broncos. I bet against them this year, and they didn't cover either one of those games. Uh, So Jaguars, okay, came to seven. So my look-ahead number, Jaguars and Chiefs, came to Chiefs minus seven. We don't have an official line out on that game just yet. And then you said uh, Buffalo and Cincinnati on Sunday, and then the 49ers uh, taking on either the Dallas Cowboys or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Sunday as well. And that's pretty interesting there, Mike, because San Francisco played on Saturday. Obviously, Tampa and Dallas playing on Monday, You've got an extra day's couple of rest there for San Francisco as a slight edge. And no travel. I mean, you think about, yeah, exactly. say, Dallas flying out to Tampa,
2: and then, okay, what are you going to do? Uh, and then you got to fly out to San Francisco. San Francisco's kicking it at home uh, <laughs> right now. And then if you're Tampa, you got to go all the way back out to the Bay too. But, you know, practice right now in the playoffs when you get this deep. Uh, you, you don't have the pads on. You know, you're, you're walking through um, – you might add a wrinkle or two. Uh, certainly, it's all about preparation mentally, uh, and and can you adjust to what teams are doing, um, and, or can you create matchups? Do you have favorable matchups? And that that's why we love the playoffs. And you know, from a prop standpoint, you know, I, I think the stars are going to start to be featured. You're going to mm-hmm. start feeding the stars uh, the ball because those are the players that are going to be most consistent, whether it's matchups or 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 anything else out there presenting those opportunities. So. Uh, For instance, Jacksonville and Kansas City. I mean, uh, Kansas City, they are the best team in the National Football League with yards after the catch by a quarterback, from a quarterback. And you know that game plan is going to have them being able to do that. Uh, You know, San Francisco, we saw what happened uh, against Seattle. The the run after the catch is, I think, essential for for Brock Purdy, uh, in addition to the running game. Uh, New York and Philly, I mean, the Giants are becoming this prolific passing team now. In addition to running the football, they are incredibly balanced, and they have a number of adjustments to get to. Uh, They can play with six eligibles. That matchup is a matchup of both teams being able to play with six eligibles, the quarterbacks being involved
3: in the attack offensively.
2: That's why that's so intriguing to me, too.
3: How about the Jacksonville-Kansas City game, Mike? Mm -hmm. Uh, Can the Jaguars possibly, you know, slow down this Chiefs offense enough to stay in this game and be competitive? And, you know it wasn't really the defense's fault getting down 27 to nothing to the Los Angeles chargers. That was four interceptions by Trevor Lawrence. The chargers were given great field position uh, and they took advantage of it. So we didn't really see this Jaguars defense get torched Uh, by the chargers and in the second half they made a number of stops to to aid that comeback they were a huge part of the comeback because they only allowed three points in the second half right is but you know the the defense has not been outstanding all season long it's probably below average if you look at most of the important stats not not dead last certainly but kind of in that 19 to 20th range Mm -hmm. uh if you're ranking defenses in the nfl Is that enough to stop the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I mean,
2: Kansas City can do everything. Like From an adjustment standpoint, um, execution standpoint, and we're talking about their offense, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You think that they can't really run the football, but they can if they want to, or they do it extensions uh, of the running game, and then they can get to the quarterback being a difference maker if they want to. But a lot of times they don't want to. They don't need to. Uh, Patrick and his pocket presence is a problem for anybody. Uh, And I think when you think about um, Jacksonville with Josh Allen and Trayvon Walker who is phenomenal um, coming off the edge and, and can they create pressure you know Patrick will step up in a pocket or he'll slide in a pocket but he'll find somebody uh, that's where I think Jacksonville's defense needs to hold up and then on the offensive side of the ball Trevor just needs to avoid the mom's spaghetti you know <laughs> on, the, on the shirt uh, and if he can <laughs> do that right then I, I think because that showed up in Tennessee, and then it carried over to this yeah, game. Yeah, uh, And that's why I thought the Chargers was, a, was a, an option for me, and it was. And, and I thought it was the right side early on, obviously, the way that it appeared. But, you know, Jacksonville does have this gene now in terms of never feeling like they're out of a game. Yeah. Peterson, as a head coach, understands he has evaluated the personnel, and he understands what he can get to. Trevor Lawrence has an incredible amount of freedom at the line of scrimmage and checking to plays and getting to plays uh, once he recognizes the defense. So it's more than his throwing the football, and it's more than Trevor you know, running with the football. It's, it's his head and his ability to get to the right play at the line of scrimmage that I think uh, a lot of people aren't aware of right now.
3: It, it could be an issue. It, I mean, it's always tough defending the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. but you, you talk about Walker and Josh Allen. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars really haven't had a great pass rush right. all season long. Not a team uh, that is high in the rankings as far as sacks per game. So uh, that could be an issue uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars next weekend. Um, finally, the Monday Nighter in Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Of course, Dallas opened as a three point favorite. It has been bet down to two and a half. Um, Dallas is certainly the team that has been struggling as of late. Tampa Bay is a team that really hasn't been that good all season long. Uh, you and I have broken down this Tampa Bay team week in and week out, and you always like to talk about how you know their, their distribution between pass and run is so skewed. Mm-hmm. Tom Brady throwing it 70% of the time. His yards per pass attempt is very minimal. That's not a good thing. Uh, the running but game after the catch. Yeah. In the league the, the yak. The, <laughs> absolutely. No, no doubt yeah. about it. Um, the defense has been solid. Mm-hmm. I, I think they've had some games where they've not been very good. They've mm-hmm. had others where they have been good. The running game has really been non-existent ever since they did run for over 150 yards against the Dallas Cowboys in week one of the season. But um, I just think Dallas certainly has the capability of being the better team. They haven't shown that in two out of the last four weeks, but uh, if everything clicks for the Dallas Cowboys and Dow- uh, Dak Prescott does not turn this ball over, I'm happy laying less than a field goal.
2: Yeah, I got a teaser uh, on the, on the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and by the way, Kansas City is eight and a half. This line's moving. Oh, <laughs> right, you, it came out, huh? Yeah. And then um, Buffalo is up to four and a half now. Okay. in um, a couple spots. Um, I want to say one of them is circa, actually. So, um, and, and then we got Philly at seven still. Um, yeah, you know. I, I think it's a good matchup for Tom Brady, and he's seven and zero against the Cowboys, uh, and and I think that's in the Cowboys' head a little bit because Dak and the Cowboys are zero and seven against Tom Brady. So yeah, uh, and I think Dak personally is like zero and three against yeah, Brady. Yeah, yeah. and zero and three. Yeah. So um, you know you get in those shootout, and we saw that a, a few years ago. Um, didn't win that game. Tom Brady goes to Dallas. You think you got a great chance to win in that game, and Tom Brady wins that game. Uh, and okay, a running game appeared in that one. I this one is a teaser situation for for a lot of reasons, Brady. And uh, I do think Dallas will win the game though and move on in the playoffs.
3: Yeah, I mean, you've talked about parity a lot in this mm-hmm. show, and it certainly exists in today's NFL. And I tend to agree with you that this is not going to be a double-digit win by either side. Yeah. Uh, the teaser works. We, we can both win. We've had a number That's of these right. situations this week. We can both win. Let's do it, Let's my man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Absolutely. All right. Stick around, folks. Greg Peterson is next. Thanks for tuning in to the Pro Football Blitz. And enjoy the rest of your Sunday and the NFL with the Pro Football Blitz right here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
1: work.